And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. It's a man out! A man out! Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Movie Madhouse. I'm Jason. I'm Mike. And Rob. And we also have two special guests here today, Jason Mack and Elliot Armstrong, both from the movie Infliction. How are yes. you guys? What's up? I'm good. How are you? How you doing, guys? Thanks for having us. <laughs> oh, Thanks for coming on. Our pleasure. This is actually Jason's second time. The first one didn't record all that well. Uh, technical difficulties. The, no, my first time was so good, we wanted to do it again. That's what it is. It yes. Yeah. Well, I think what it really is, I just can't leave these two monkeys alone with the equipment. <laughs> Mike, you can't do that. You can't do it. Mike is the technical end of this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Plug the cables in good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, thanks for being on. Um, I know, like, in our last interview with you, Jason, we were talking about how you got started, and your first uh, show was Vampire Diaries. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I know you told us before. Could you do that story one more time? Because that is incredible, and I definitely want people to hear that. Yeah. So, you, um, I'm in Atlanta, which is where it shoots, and so um, I get the job, and I'm thinking, all right, yeah, this is cool. Uh I'm finally like, I've got some credibility. So I show up for set, and I'm there to shoot for like three days. And so, you know, I'm getting my hair and makeup done. It's all good. Everybody's nice, nice and relaxed. I know my stuff. Hanging out in my room. It's all good. Just hanging out. And then we go to walk on to set, and all of a sudden it just hits like a freight train. It's like, like millions of people are going to see me. And I swear it was like the hardest day. I only had like one line that day. And uh, I was like, I'm going to forget this line. I'm going to forget this line. And they're, they're going to like, I'm going to ruin everything. And they're going to fire me. And I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm just, people are going to know. Like, I'm, I'm not any good. And it was the hardest thing to remember that one line. And I was so scared. Luckily, my character was supposed to be scared. Um, so, that- so it worked out well. But I was terrified. Oh, I can Luckily, imagine. Luckily, I made it through. Like you said, the cameras were huge on that set, weren't they? Oh, man. Yeah, there's like, you know, TV, especially these, these big shows. I mean, they're shooting with two cameras. Um, the, just the crews, I mean, there were so many people. Um, you've got X amount of people doing lights. You've got people. You've got the electricians. You've got the grips. Then you've got the camera guy, the camera ops, and their assistants, and the AD, and the second AD. And it's just like all these people. And it can be really intimidating Unless you bring it into perspective and it's like, and I think we spoke about this last time, everyone is here to get the best product possible. Exactly. Yeah. That is so cool. I love yeah. that story. That's a great story. <laughs> now, what about you, Elliot? How did you get into this? Um, I, I did a lot of musical theater when I was little and then kind of got away from acting and didn't really look back until college when I started kind of getting a little more involved and just doing more of that academic class side of it. I didn't really stay too involved with stage at school, but I did the classes to kind of get a, get a diploma or get a uh, theater minor um, at school. And that was kind of, that was kind of it for me for a while. And then I kind of got the bug again after school and working an office job, <laughs> nine to five doing sales for um, about a year. And then after that, that was when I kind of decided, you know what, um, maybe I should give this a shot and kind of give it a wholehearted effort. And so got back into stage, started doing some local, um, stage work and some one acts. And then from there, 
um, got picked up for a lot of, you know, little reenactment shows and things that were shooting in the Hampton Roads area of uh, uh, Virginia, Virginia Beach, Norfolk, Hampton, that area of Southeast Virginia. And um, it was a, gosh, it was, uh, it was my agent in Wilmington who I, I hadn't even, you know, I'd only met, you know, by, by phone call mm-hmm. who had called me and said, Hey, they're having this open, you know, casting for this film, this independent film that's uh, being shot down in Charlotte. Um, would you be interested? And at that point, you know, I was so hungry to do anything that I, I didn't mind driving. I guess it was like four and a half, five hours down just for the, for the initial audition. And then, you know, we, we did that, we did that dance all over again for the, for the callbacks and things like that. So that's kind of how I ended up down there. Okay, so where are you located? I am. Uh, I'm in LA now. Uh, Jason and I both have, have mm-hmm. been out here for a while. But at the time, I was uh, I was in Virginia, probably about five, like I guess about five hours away from Charlotte, North Carolina, is where the is where the everything was shot for infliction. Okay, and Jason, you were back in that area too at this time, weren't you? Yeah, I was in um, I was in Atlanta. So Elliot was coming from up north. <laughs> I was coming more from the south. Um, <laughs> And we met in the middle. We were the only two actors um, besides Darren Kendrick who who was not local or at least local to North Carolina. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Jack brought us in. Great. And now when we were speaking before, Jason, you talked how it was like a really close-knit family with the, with the whole group. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, oh, Elliot, man, I was thinking about just like the, the sleeping situation the other day. And I think I talked about some of it here, but essentially – we all stayed in this one house, um, and me and Elliot, we were both really excited to work on this project. And so Jack wanted us to come two weeks ahead of time for rehearsals, and me and Elliot are both like, can we come like three weeks ahead of time? <laughs> so Yeah, we got down there early. Yeah, because we're like, we're pumped. We're like, there's nothing out. Like, we want to get in the zone. We want to get away from all this other stuff so we can focus. So we got there, and um, and they put us in rooms. Um, and I remember being in my room and, uh, the bed was really small. Like it was, it, it was a kid's bed and I'm, I'm like six foot two. I'm not, I'm not really a kid. And, uh, so I, I think I made a comment about it the next day, like it jokingly, you know, just about how the bed was kind of small. And so Jack just being the type of guy he is, um, he's like, well, we'll take my bed. And I'm like, dude, I can't know. Like, I'm not going to take your bed. Cause he had like one of the nicer one of the nicer beds. Mm-hmm. And, but literally like he slept down in his office most nights anyway. Um, like lit- with just a, a blanket and, and a couple pillows. Cause he would just be working so late and he would work until he fell asleep down on the floor. So the, um, the rest of the time on set, I was thinking, God, man, all I had to do was ask. Cause I, I, I was still on the, <laughs> <laughs> so I, but now here's, here's the learning curve there. there. There was a small, you know, small little caveat with that. So yeah, I got, the, I got a little bit nicer room, nicer bed for sure. But when, when, um, and it worked out well, cause Joe white, who is, uh, the DP, when he came in, he took my room and he used to be in the military, so he was accustomed to like some, some really uncomfortable stuff. So he liked it. The bed was great for him. So we just kept him uncomfortable. He likes it. He's, he can adapt. But we had um, – when some of the older actors or makeup people w- would come into town, uh, we would give them my room because they're a little bit older than me. Um, and so then I would become roommates with Elliot. 
so I went from the best bed to an air mattress <laughs> that I think was a plate often. Yeah, uh, had, a, had a hole in it. Yeah, it definitely had a hole in it. Um, but I think I remember towards the end, Elliot did. I thought I had the wrong the deal because like the last week or two of shooting, I'm just on an air mattress in Elliot's room. And um, didn't your bed break? Yeah, my, my bed, there was some malfunction where I was pretty much sleeping on like a diagonal plane for like the last <laughs> week of, of, of shooting. But at that point, it was like we were so sleep deprived. And, you know, anyway, it was just like, oh, whatever. It comes, comes with the territory, I guess. Yeah. Fall asleep on a pile yeah. of rocks at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's I remember when his bed broke. Yeah, I thought it was the funniest thing. <laughs> I was like, yes, I'm not, I don't have the worst situation. Yeah, it wasn't that funny. It was probably funnier from his perspective. <laughs> <laughs> What yeah, you, it was like, yeah, we, I think in the middle of the night or when I was actually on it, and we kind of both heard it break, and we are just like, yeah, well. <laughs> <that's bad. laughs> well, there goes that bed. Yeah. I'm picturing that movie, Step Brothers, oh, yeah. Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. <laughs> We're going to build yeah. bunk beds. <laughs> so much room for activities. Yeah. So now, Elliot, yep. I just wanted to ask, uh, you were talking, you started out with the uh, reenactment shows. Uh, I just noticed one of the last ones you did. It says "Love at the Christmas Table." <laughs> yeah, that was that was actually out here in LA. Um, and I went out just for it was a it was a rush call. Um, uh, uh, I think it was shot in Burbank, and it was just to be it was just honestly to be like a featured extra or something like that. And so I went out there, and this was pretty shortly after I got out to LA and went out there, and it was with uh, I was actually I was actually pretty jaw dropped because it was with Danica McKellar. She's the girl who she played Wendy on the wonder years for years and years and years, Okay, uh, yes. which was like such an iconic, a like classic show. And she, she got away from acting and then she got back into it, I guess, recently. Um, and she's, I guess she kind of filled her time being a math teacher of all things. Uh, and he's like last 10 years that she hasn't been on, on film, but so she was there and that was just like super cool to actually get to talk to her and like, see, you know, this, this girl you grew up watching on TV, you know, actually that being would on be set very and cool. getting to work with them. So that was really cool. And then they ended up, you know, kind of bumping me up and giving me a couple lines. And I actually ended up playing two different characters in two, in two different parts of the film. Really? Wow. So, oh, now yeah, I so that, that was that was pretty funny. I mean, I was actually pretty pretty uh, uh, surprised that they would they would do that. But you know, some sometimes with those those lifetime films and, and you know in post production editing so quickly and getting it all together especially on a you know a time constraint of getting it out before christmas so no, they had no problem using me for two different characters so you know all the better for me it was it was a it was fun and good experience <laughs> that'll be my new goal now i'm going to watch that movie and try and find both of you yeah yes yeah. See, there he you is should. twice well i was just curious too because leah thompson was in that did you actually get to work with her um she might have been yeah i had a i had a i, I had a uh, scene where I was at, yes, I did because I was at the table with all of them, and I was playing like an estranged or like one of the family members, either like a a nephew or um, a young uncle or something like that. And so I did get to, I did get to like you know, I was in a, a scene with all of them, but I, I didn't have as much dialogue with her, like you know, offset. I think I was usually um, in a different part of the house or or waiting um, when they were when they were doing a lot of the shooting for her. Okay. I was just curious because that's someone I grew up watching. Yeah, you know exactly. <laughs> yeah, they were. There. I mean, everyone was really, everyone was really cool. It was a great. It was a great kind of like first thing to actually work with named talent out here. Um, everyone was really nice, and they all, you know, they all kind of 
knew it was just an, you know another day for them. So it was there, very grounded and and very fun to be around. Well, and that's kind of like when Jason, you were talking to us about being on Castle with Nathan. Yeah. He yeah. Could you run he, us through he, that one more time, please? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, when when I first got to L.A. Uh, after being here for a couple of months, I booked Castle, and I was I was very excited. I I, I didn't expect to book it. And um, so I go to set, and I think I was there uh, three or four days, I think three days. And um, the first day I show up, um, a little more seasoned now, so not quite as nervous knowing I have a job to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, I show up on set, and they're still shooting some scenes before we get to mine. Um, And Nathan comes over, and he introduces himself. Hey, I'm Nathan. Hey, I'm Jason. He's like, do you need anything? You need water, anything like that? Um, With which was so generous, so nice. Um, and everyone on that crew in production, they enjoyed being there. And I think a lot of that comes from, I mean, he's number one on the call. Like, he is Castle. He's the name character. And and just, he was so happy to be there. He had a great rapport with so many people on the crew. Um, and he was such a delight to work with. And he even took uh, three of us out to lunch on our last day. Um, nice. We hopped in his car, and he took us to a joint and he bought us some food, uh, which was incredibly, incredibly generous. Um, and it's something that I will for sure remember, um, and, and, um, and carry on with me, but I'll be a fan of Nathan's for, for the rest of my life, whatever he does, I'll be a fan simply because he's a good person. Um, so that was really cool. Yeah. I've noticed that with his Twitter feed. I I love how personable he is when people, you know, they just throw in questions yeah, and he just throws out random answers, you know. <laughs> and it's it's a hundred percent real. Like, there's no front. Like, that is that's him. I mean, just from meeting him for five minutes, I'm like, dang, this dude is generous. Like, he's just he's a nice person, and he wants everyone around him. Even when you know, there's times on on a, on a set where things get bogged down or some tensions maybe rise up a little bit, and he's cool as can be. Um, he's a team player, and that's so so good for me to see. Um, and hopefully one day I'll be in a position where I can carry carry that Nathan legacy on. That would be sweet. Oh, yeah. Well, you see, you, you look at the pictures uh, Nathan does with all the cons and the people that have their pictures. He looks like he's just continually playing and having fun with everything that he does. So yeah. it must translate when he's working to having a yeah. nice, relaxed, and playful attitude on the uh, on the set. Mm-hmm. For sure. He, yeah. he definitely seems to appreciate the fans, and he has a lot of them. He's uh, part of the, the cult history now with Firefly and whatnot. Yeah. So he's the, he's the fanboy uh, star, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask you one more other question here, Elliot. Um, I just noticed there is a new one on IMDb for you called Jackrabbit29. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? That's a... Uh... It's a fe- it's it's a cool another independent feature um, where uh, I get to kind of dabble a little bit with more more of a comedic role, which is kind of where my heart is. Um, that's what I enjoy doing and what I think I'm best at. And so that was a young young director named Kyle Klubel um, uh, directed it, and I think he also wrote it. But really talented guy. I mean, this this kid uh, he can only be I think like 23, 24, and he's already shot like. I don't know. I don't think any of them really got any distribution, but he's already done like 
17 shorts and like four or five features. And I think his kind of whole route and plan was to kind of put together a media kit or a package and kind of actually push himself to, you know, the bigger studios to get picked up. Okay. And uh, he does them with a lower budget, you know, but I think that his, the, his mentality behind it is that uh, he shows them kind of how he shoots things and how he has his DP do stuff. And, um, and it's like, okay, well, I did this with, you know, $50,000, just imagine what I could do with, you know, your budget. So um, he was he was really talented. He had a really good he had a really good rapport with the with the talent on set. He made you feel welcome, and he and he he definitely approached different actors different ways to kind of get what he wanted out of them. And he's a quirky guy. He's a really I mean you, you I mean you talk to him and you're just like man this guy is either super super weird or super super talented. And I and I and I left. I mean and you know a lot of times those overlap a lot. And so yeah, I left and he I mean. Um, he's he's great. I think he's going to do really bit really big stuff in the future, and hopefully that movie gets uh, some sort of distribution um, to where you know people can see it. But I've seen some of the some of the footage, and it's just it's really pretty too. It was shot out in the desert, and it has some really pretty shots. Oh, that'd be cool. Hey, I just noticed he's got fourteen projects here on IMDb. Yeah, he's busy. He's a busy guy, and yeah, and you know he's kind of like Jack in the way that he uh, he find he doesn't let. Money really, you know, be an excuse or let you know hold him back. He finds his investors and he finds people that have that confidence in him, and he kind of makes it happen for himself. And you know, this day and age, that's really with as many people trying to do the same thing as you, you have to do that. And so he uh, he definitely doesn't really have many limitations as far as you know letting him do what he wants, what he wants to do, and ideally what he wants to do for studios. See, that's cool. Yeah. Yes. The hustle. Yes, you need the hustle. Because if you, you, start you have to, to you gotta have it out here. So yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah I can't imagine what it'd be like out there. I know it's pretty laid back here. <laughs> pretty <laughs> okay. It's very laid back here. That's better. But uh, when you're doing this full time, you have to stay right on top of everything in yeah. order to be competitive. Uh, there's, I mean, p- different people put it different ways, but I know, like, I forget who who kind of gave me this this imagery, but they they said that especially now with so much different media content and you know, with, with YouTube channels and, and, and different forms of getting yourself out there, it's, it's either, it either can be a huge curse because it's just like so much, so much traffic and so much stuff to worry about. Or you can, if you're good at it, you know, you can use it, um, and be far, far more successful than someone who was trying to do it, you know, 10, 20 years ago. And it's just a matter of getting in the right door with the right casting. But People say like uh, I forget who it was, but someone said, you know, it's kind of a revolving door. And if, and if, and it's not open, it's kind of a carousel. You have to go. To, you have to go around to different doors, and, and whether you might not be acting, but if you want to produce something, or if you want to write, or if you want to, you know, stay in classes, or have your hand in something at all times, even if it's not necessarily being the talent behind the camera. If you're if you're doing something all the time, then you can make something happen for yourself. And so um, that's kind of the way that I've kind of tried to look at it. Is that if you know things aren't happening on one front, you have to kind of find a different approach and then you know one door will open and you'll get a little closer and then you might be there for a while and then you have to go try to find a different approach and you know a lot of that's probably trying to make a lot of your own projects kind of come to fruition and being able mm-hmm. to write and direct and kind of see see uh see your own projects kind of come to light rather than sitting and waiting um for something to happen for you well there is that uh aspect where now a lot of people that were actors just solely are now venturing into other areas 
like even when we were talking before Jason about being on Criminal Minds, Thomas yeah. Gibson, Thomas Gibson had just directed that last episode that was on the air. He directed that one, and his son was in it. So even he's venturing behind the camera now. Yeah, and and a lot of it is, and, and what you'll notice, especially with the TV shows, is um, a lot of these actors who have been on the show for a while, um, they'll direct an episode. Um, because, for one, once you do the pilot, and that's also why you get big-name directors to do your pilot, because they know how to establish... Um, uh, style of some sort. The, yeah, the style and all that. So it's like, that's why you'll see, like, a J.J. Abrams do a pilot or a Michael Bay do a pilot or Scorsese. And then once you've established that template or the Bible, per se, then it's a, you know, <clears throat> you know, it's kind of like a gun for hire. You bring in a director and they can fulfill that. Um, but, like, I remember on episodes of Lost, they would bring in directors who were, if there was a lot of action, they bring in a director who had a little bit more um, of a flavor for that action. Or if it was a little bit more drama, if there's like some really good meaty scenes between some actors, they bring in a director who maybe that's a little bit more their forte. And so with these actors who've been on the show for eight, nine, ten seasons, it's a way to challenge themselves. It's a way to kind of learn something new in a fairly safe environment because – the camera guys know what they're doing. They know what shots they're going to set up. That's everybody, true. everybody knows their characters, so it's it's a pretty safe environment for for an actor to do that um, after they've been on a show for a while. But, but yeah, I mean, you look at a guy like James Franco does some weird stuff, but man, I mean, he's an artist. Like he does a lot of weird stuff. He writes poetry. He um, does his own films, and so like. He almost is in a very weird way. He's almost like a little renaissance man in the sense that he he does it all. He wants to do it all. And I think that makes you better as an actor. Um, And then there's other people, they have no desire. They're like, Mm -hmm. I'm an actor. I don't want to do anything else. Um, But kind of where me and Elliot are at, bouncing off what he was saying, you got to get energy going somehow, you know? And if you, if you put good energy out there, you'll get good vibes back. If you don't do anything, you probably won't get anything back. Well, yeah, so. makes perfect sense. Oh, yep. Um, look at um, that Steve Kahn that we uh, talked to the other day. He's got all his energy in his latest film. He said he spent a year editing this short film, and now he's, he's just focused on marketing that. He's just focused on that one item, whereas some people will spread out. They'll have multiple pans in the fire, and but he's so totally committed to his latest mm-hmm. flick. And that's all he wants to get out there right now. He's not worried about the next thing. He wants to get this thing out there. And yeah. actually, I don't know if you've seen it. Um, he did a really cool little short called Fear. Fourteen, Yeah, 14-minute yeah, uh, short. And he said he shot it in his bathroom in his apartment. <laughs> is and, it online? I believe the trailer is, but the actual yeah. film itself is not. I think he said it's on the festival circuit right yeah. now. So he's he's been getting some really good buzz for uh, for fear on the festival circuit. And Stephen Stephen Kahn, you said? Yeah, K A H N, not like you know, Wrath of Khan. Yes, not that Khan. <laughs> or pros and cons, not like that. Oh yes, no, I forgot about that Khan. That's right too. <laughs> but there's also like Scott Khan, like. K-R-C-A-N. That's true, too. We can go all day, guys. (laughs) All day. All day. (laughs) Number 12 on the con list. (laughs) Oh, excellent. So now, um, 
while you guys were filming, I, I know we were talking with Jason too about uh, Jack being laid back and just kind of a natural person. If he came to you guys again, would you be willing to work with him? Well, I want to clarify. I don't know if laid back is necessarily the term. <laughs> yeah, I, kinda, I almost, I almost choked in my water there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Now, is he very natural? Is, is he great to work with? I loved working with him. Um, uh, and, and I love the preparation aspect of it, which not every actor does, but like Jack is very meticulous about his preparation and I'm game with it. Um, but uh, I don't know if laid back is necessarily the term <laughs> I would use to describe him. Um, okay. I, re- <laughs> I don't know if I should tell this story, but whatever. So the first day of shooting, <laughs> I love we these were stories. On, uh, and I don't know if you remember this, Elliot, we were on the, uh, the baseball field yeah. and, um, and it's already kind of, um, it's supposed to be a touching moment between the two brothers and, um, and it's the first day of shooting, you know, like getting the whole crew together. So we're all excited. We're like, yeah, you know, and it was a tougher scene for me. So I was a little bit nervous, but, um, there was this guy, poor guy, she's just doing his job, right? He works for this landscaping company and he's like cutting grass, like a couple <laughs> blocks over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. And I remember Jack was about to flee. He was about to freak out because this guy's just, I mean, he's just doing his job, but he's like, I'm trying to make a movie here. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was comedic. It was like, and as soon as it would go silent, then like the guy would like, you know, lo and behold, pull the string to the mower, and there it goes. <laughs> <laughs> and then it starts going again. That was, yeah, that's that's just like a tough day in general you know, on any set is the first day when everybody wow. gets together for the first time. And you kind of, you, you're still learning how people work together and, and how, how pieces fit together. And that, that was, uh. Whew, that was, you know, some <laughs> some high friction there, but you know, it definitely. Yeah. See, but I, to uh, answer to answer your question, uh, and, and every time I talk to Jack, I bug him about it. I'm like, what are we doing next? Like, look, when are we going to get a house? When are we going to get the gang back together? <laughs> and, and what are we going to do? Like, just just let me know when. Are we and, talking? And we'll make it happen. I absolutely want to work with him again. I learned so much making this film and just growing as an actor and just. Um, in just my preparation and performance, it was such great experience to to go through that. And so, absolutely, I would work with him again, um, for sure. Kind of sounds for like sure. Infliction Two is in the works. Yeah. <laughs> we we would talk about. Uh, got to get out of jail first. Yeah, we're like, oh, you know, like what would happen if they got out of jail? And I was like, maybe they'd be like crime fighters. You know, they found people who've done wrong. Get out of jail. No, they need to break out of jail. Oh. Mm, that takes it in a whole different twist. Brothers on the loose. I'm going to guess you both would definitely be in, but you're going to make sure you have proper beds next time around? <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess a little seniority on the, you know, at least, at least. Uh, better bed than the guys who are just coming on working with Jacks the first time. But yeah, I expect right. a, I'd still take a twin, just one that like you know actually works. As long as you know, as long as I can fit on it, I'll take it. Yeah. Oh, you have to watch Fear then, Jason. It has the best tub for you. Yep. This thing's like four by four square. It's the smallest tub I have ever seen. Perfect. <laughs> I've got it written down. I wrote it down. I wrote, I wrote me a little note. I was like, gotta find. Oh, they are. <laughs> well, now, Elliot, it's Jason. A com- it's a comedy, right? Fear? No. 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 <laughs> oh, strictly oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, Jason told us about his relationship with Don Baker, who was played your father in there. What was your relationship like with him? 
he's he's just good. He's uh, and he doesn't he doesn't speak a lot off of set. He just kind of lets his work, um, pr- you know, speak for itself. He he and then it, and then like you know to kind of solidify what you saw going on um, on set, and then you kind of see reviews come out and people really you know highlight his work and his performance, and you just kind of know it's like. He's a very seasoned actor who uh, just knows his stuff. Like one of the, I mean, one of the best things. And I, you know, and even Jack will say, say now in hindsight, you know, there, there was a, but he was, you know, always um, asking about, well, what kind of, you know, what kind of cancer is my, is is this guy dying from? And it became a thing where, you know, he was really fixated on it, but for such a good reason because he changed the whole performance than originally intended um, because of, you know, he gave this character this depth of how he was suffering and how he was dying. And um, he's just good. Uh, Don Baker, he, he's just a, a great actor. And, you know, I just tried to learn as much from him as I could. Um, and obviously, you know, the end result was you kind of look at that and he's, he's, um, he's almost in a league of his own. He's a great guy. Oh, that's cool. Because I just remember Jason was talking about how he tried to, you know, interact with him. and <laughs> Yeah, well, the beginning... Maybe uh, he liked Jason more than me. I don't know. He didn't speak no, to me too well, much. No, but... <laughs> that's at the beginning, Don did not like me. Like, we, we didn't... Uh, and I don't know what it was, whether... I don't know, maybe he saw me as, like, some young punk or something. I don't know. And, um, and, and so, but as we got to filming, and I think he realized it was like, me and you weren't just some guys looking for to be on billboards. Like we were putting in the work, like we're trying to work the craft and do the best job we can. Um, there became like this mutual respect. But as we gotten towards the last week, and I don't know if you remember this, Elliot, if you saw me doing it, but I would like walk up to Don and be like, I'm going to smash you with a brick. <laughs> and then I'll do stuff like that, just trying to mess with him. Um, and he's like, is this guy like, is he like the – it's crazy. So I messed up a little bit doing that. I, yeah, I think was- that was just a generation gap, maybe in humor. Yeah, uh, you know, he yeah. Don, Don was Don was was good. He, um, I mean, I talked to him sometimes offset. He told me a lot of like you know past people he had worked with, and I remember one thing he was actually really concerned about. I remember him saying at one point he was like, "Man, I just you know he had some reservations about the character in general, just because obviously he's yeah. such a terrible, horrible." guy in, in the film that he was just he was worried and he's such a good guy at heart that he was worried that you know if his yeah he's got like a little granddaughter and his and his kids and he was just worried yeah. i mean i guess obviously that they wouldn't see it soon or, or now they're you know babies but he just was like oh man you know i don't really know if i want this kind of portraying who i am but i mean he just when it came down to it obviously you know he he gave it 100 percent and gave a great performance so what we were doing um i did an interview with jack uh last week or earlier this week and um and that same thing came up that don would he wanted there to be some redemption for the father and um at the end of the day there is no redemption for the father he's not going to change his ways that's who he is Mm -hmm. and um and it took a while for for that to kind of get across with Don, because there is that personal side of like, man, I've got my granddaughters in real life, but just the character and he got it. Like, obviously like Don's performance is is amazing. I mean, it's just like, that's a creepy SOB. Um, but yeah, there is, there is no redemption for that character. Well, I even think last time when we were speaking with you, Jason, we talked about trying to portray a character that you have nothing in common with. 
Mm-hmm. Didn't we talk about that? Just trying to get into the mind of someone like that, it's it's next to impossible sometimes. Yeah, but the thing is, like, and for all I know, I could be saying the completely opposite thing of what I said last week. <laughs> <laughs> we always have something in common with our character. Now, like, I think I was talking about John. Um, I, I, I'm not probably not going to go kill people. Uh, hopefully not. Hopefully I'm going to keep it together. Um, but... I can relate to his drive. Mm-hmm. Um, I can relate to his sense of ambition, his his goals, and how driven and focused he is. And so I amp those um, those aspects of myself. I amp those up. Um, and I think Elliot, kind of the opposite. Elliot's a really like Elliot's a super nice guy, and he likes to go and make friends. Like he's a great guy to take to a party. He's going to make friends and meet some people and, and tell some jokes and dance and all that stuff. But uh, Kenny's not really like that. Kenny's very quiet and very introverted. And so, and I'll let Elliot elaborate on that. So he had to turn down parts of himself and, um, and kind of bring other parts of himself up to light. But I think there's always a piece of, of common ground we have to find, even with killers and stuff like that, or else it's just there's no truth in it. But Elliot, tell him about how, because you did some different stuff to get ready for, for Kenny. Yeah, I, I had a tough. Uh... Because I, I, I'm definitely more of an extrovert, and you know, I, I enjoy being around people and enjoy kind of being um, the life of the party. And so this was like almost the opposite, where you have to internalize a lot. And so you just have to take your put your yourself back to those times when you didn't want to talk to anybody or when you did want to be alone. And I did just, uh, you know, for for my own sake, I spent a lot of time before I got uh, to Charlotte, and then like you know, with the first two weeks and even when we were filming if we had any downtime if we wrapped early one day which was not <laughs> didn't usually happen but even on the weekends i would try to like spend a lot of time by myself um go to coffee shops go to parks and really you know not take my phone leave everything behind and um and do a lot of people watching honestly because this character by all means he he has seen and experienced a lot it's not like he's he's sheltered or uh not exposed to you know the the, the real realities of of life i mean in fact it's the opposite but at the same time he doesn't really you know he he blocks a lot of it out and he internalizes everything so it was really it was tough for me but it was a great experience to just kind of go and and have a lot of time by myself just kind of taking things in well i think that'd be the fun part of acting is trying to challenge yourself to take on yeah. those kind of roles uh, yeah it, it, it yeah it was i mean and you and you and you, you start seeing it once you start seeing it happen and kind of come to life. Um, it's it's rewarding in itself to to see that to see that happen. But um, yeah, Kenny's a he's a he's a guy who he he takes in a lot. He's very intelligent and he he understands it a lot. But he has a he has a really tough time, uh, you know, verbalizing and, and expressing himself and kind of. I'm making sense to, of it to other people. And a lot of the stuff, you know, obviously that happened to him shouldn't make sense to anybody. It's not something that, um, yeah, it, it, it is, is something that anybody really wants to talk about or experience, but you know, it did. So, um, yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was definitely, as Jason said, um, uh, challenging, but in a, in a very, in a very rewarding way to kind of tone down the social part of who I am as a person and, and really turn up, um, the, the you know the quiet, uh, introverted, uh, isolated part. Okay, I think I've heard uh, um, it described as acting being a muscle. 
They use the, so being able to step outside of your comfort zone, you're just stretching that muscle. You're, you're, you're just building it up so that you can go in different directions and make it believable. Sure. Um, yeah. yeah. And you, and you have, you know, some people there, there's like, you know, they always, they always talk about whether actors, you know, can, can break that fourth wall or not. And there were, and there were times where, you know, I would kind of try to try to stay in character on set, but there are also like, I don't know, some weekends where I did get away and go into the city. Cause it was like, I'd spent so much time by myself that I needed to, you know, you need to, to stay healthy and stay, stay, you know, uh, relatable and healthy for your character. If you're shooting for a long period of time, you need to, you know, step away from it at some, at some point. So, um, but yeah, there is, uh, you had, you had to, you had to exercise that even when you weren't necessarily on sh- on set or the camera wasn't rolling, you had to kind of get in that character and get used to, um, actually Jason and I, the, the, like two weeks, I think when we first got it, one of the first nights that we went up there with Jack and it was just us three in the house, we watched, um, a film called, um, War Eagle, Arkansas. Um, and the, and he, and, and Jack was still toying around with, you know, how, how introverted Kenny was going to be and, and how, um, how, how much of a recluse or how much, how much he, he, he wouldn't be able to express. And, and in fact, it, you know, did he have something else wrong with him? Was it autism? Was it some sort of Asperger's? Was, was there another cognitive, um, underdeveloped, um, you know, aspect to, to this character? And so it took a while to work out where, you know, it wasn't distracting from the story, but it was still complete, completely obvious that he, you know, he was, he was holding so much inside of him. And so, that was that was really fun to kind of even because even I mean Jason you remember like at first like it was it was even more so exaggerated his his yeah. level of inability to socialize with people and perhaps even having a stut you know a stutter or something yeah. that didn't allow him to completely be part of a normal society whereas you know at the at the end you know you wouldn't look at him and say oh man this is something's wrong with this kid but in fact if you knew him you'd just probably think he was a very very quiet guy yeah. And now, a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18. But with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us.
Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt, or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra 10 bucks, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jaysamon.com. I've never heard of that movie. You know what? War Eagle. It's Arkansas. good. It's really good. Uh, it was. Uh... I just I mean, pulled I think it up. We started watching it. We all ended up, you know, staying and 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 finishing the whole thing. And I think it did really well in the festival circuit. So definitely worth a watch. Brian Dennehy's in it. I like Brian Dennehy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was top billed in that. Um, Very cool. And the young guy, I forget his name. I mean, he's a working actor. The guy, the guy who plays the main character, this baseball star. He was he was really good. I mean, definitely served as some um, inspiration for 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 my character. Certainly. Very cool. I think the the part that we brought up before, Jason, was when you get into a character, you got to try and make that that character believes what they're doing is the right thing. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. that's when we got into the discussion about Magneto and how he honestly believes. Yeah. No one, you know, I think, I think we talked about like 90s movies and how you had like the villain. And mm-hmm. the villain, like, he acted like a villain. He knew he was the villain. And that is like he was the villain. We don't really do that anymore. Um, even with, uh, you know, Magneto, right? Using him again. Um, him and, and one of you made the point that him and Charles Xavier have the same goal. Mm-hmm. They have different means to go about it. And so Magneto doesn't view himself as the bad guy. He's like, this is the right way. This is the only way to do this. And so when you're playing a character that maybe is doing some unsavory things, it's justice. This is what has to be done or else it won't be done. Um, it's not my job to condemn my characters. It's my job to make them real. And if I believe what they're doing is ridiculous, it all, it all, it all goes away. Um, we have to buy into it 100%. You have to have that um, conviction. With that being said... I'm hopefully not going to go killing people. <laughs> Second Wait, time you said know. this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know who he's convincing. <laughs> at 4.15 Thursday afternoon. Um, but, uh, 
yeah, we just we believe that what we're doing is right. Mm-hmm. Because no, like chances are we all do bad every day or we say bad things or whatever. But we think like, oh, it's okay or it's the right thing to do or whatever. It's, and that's what you have to do when you're playing a character. Is don't because there's a common thing in acting. Don't judge the character, you know. But it's true. Like, you know, Magneto. There's nothing wrong with him. He's the villain, but. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I, I, that brings to mind one of the 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 best characters I've seen. This this character is absolutely deplorable, and it's William H Macy. Um, his, the, he char- plays the character Frank on the American version of Shameless. It's a Showtime yeah. show, but it's it's a it's one of those uh, as a UK show, and now it's an Americanized version. And William yeah, H. Yeah. Kate Macy's character Frank, he's the dad of this family, but he is not the father figure whatsoever. He will absolutely do whatever he has to to get money for his booze or his drugs or whatever that he needs he wants to get and he there is no level he will not stoop to um he's leveraged his smallest his youngest son against a gang that he owed like thousands of dollars to for drug money and every time you think this guy reaches a new low he sinks a little bit lower it's just it's but it's it's just an engaging to watch, and he, I believe he has been nominated for Emmys for this performance because you have to be invested, you have to believe that this what, what you're doing in order to pull off what he's pulling off with this character because it's pretty despicable. Yeah, I think we brought up last time Breaking Bad. Who's yes. the good guy? Who's yep. the bad guy? Yeah, it's exactly what I was gonna. Yeah, the, my mind. Yeah. That's right. I Son, mean, Sons of Anarchy. We're following a group of bikers running guns. <laughs> Not don't see them in well, church. I mean, nope. Just yet yeah, t- today with like really good series that are becoming more and more cinematic. You don't have the black and white melodrama anymore. Yeah. You have you have these characters that are rich and they have they have. You know, there's always there's no easy answer. That's that's the thing. Is there's no easy answer. What's right? What's wrong? It's okay to this person in this particular situation. These are his motives, and they always have in their own right some sort of justification for what they're doing. And so, like, that's what really. And I think that's why TV, honestly, in, in just a broad scope, has gotten so much better in the last like five, six years. Is that these shows are getting? They're they're just getting they're getting more complicated. They're getting more, you know, thought provocative, where you 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 are conflicted and you leave you leave thinking. What is right? What is wrong? And I think that's that's just a general, a great testament to, to TV in the last five years. I mean, yeah, there's still a lot of shit out there. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, um, you know, for for a lot of these shows that are getting you know a lot of recognition, it's uh it's because these characters, you know, yeah, a lot of them are, a lot of them are highlighting these characters that typically. 10, 15 years ago wouldn't be highlighted, or or the camera wouldn't be in their perspective. It wouldn't be about them. Yeah, um, studios so would have just, axed it, it a long it time ago. Now, I think also we were speaking about a book series that I read too. Uh, it was called Incarnations of Immortality, where yeah. the, the first five books are based on different aspects like war and fate where someone holds the position. And in all these books, they're fighting Satan, of course. But then you get to book six. It's called For Love of Evil, where the office of Satan is the topic. And it replays the first five books in this novel. And by the end of the book, you're going, holy crap, I would have done the same thing. So it puts that same spin on it. And that's, I guess that's what you need to find when you're trying to play a character like that. You've got to find that one little kernel that shows that they believe that they're, that they're dedicated to their thought process and, and run with that. 
to make sure. it believable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I was profound there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> and it's gone. Yep, it's over. <laughs> it's over. So now, do you guys have anything big coming up? I know, like, we were talking how Steve is focused solely on his movie. Everybody else seems to have to have something in the works. Do you guys have something in the works, or are you just working on something Elliot, separate? You've been, you've been writing some stuff, haven't you, Elliot? Or Yeah, yeah I've, I've stayed pretty, pretty active with some friends, like, writing a lot of sketch comedy, and I, I try to stay... Um, somewhat active in, in improv classes and things out here. Um, but, you know, that's just nothing that nothing that's, you know, going to be, you know, taped soon. A lot of it is projects that, you know, are dead on paper, but um, right now don't have the means to shoot it or fund it. But um, I don't know. I'm hopeful about – I'm hopeful I, I might I, – I, I don't want to speak too soon, but hopefully doing another independent here in the next you – know, it would shoot next year. Um, there would be a comedy, which I'm really excited about. So um, that's kind of where where my headlamp is, is the, is a, a, a film that um, I really like the director and we've we've been talking and hopefully that'll work out. Um, but, you know, I, it's too soon to I don't want to I don't want to say anything. And then, you know, it not yeah. happen. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. So <laughs> I'm going to keep my mouth shut for now. But, uh, yeah, you know, you, you have to have uh, other than that, you know, you. I think you have to have things, benchmarks or things to try to look forward to, um, to kind of keep you motivated out here. I know Jason's had a lot of TV success out here too. So, um, I don't know if he, Jason, do you, I haven't, I haven't talked to you in, uh, recently about what, what you're doing. I did. I mean, I had that little, uh, little two episode recur on, um, NCIS Los Angeles, but, um, but yeah, other than that, like, Nothing immediate that I know of. I, I think we had spoken last time. I've got a couple of independent films that who knows if they're if they're going to come out anytime soon. Yeah. Um, I think People Not Humans was one of them. Um, yeah, that's uh, the one that one, we were both really anxious for. Yeah. It sounds so, really intriguing. Um, yeah, so that one, um, Before the Fall, which is a, a, an adaptation of um, Pride and Prejudice, Jane Austen. Um, which is a kind of a modern take on that. Uh, I don't know where that is. Um, what? and, uh, on yeah, IM- so on- <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting, we're getting ready. Pilot season's kind of starting to gear up a little bit in LA. Um, I'm doing a little bit of writing on, on just like a little web series. It's kind of like the whole good energy out, good energy in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's, what's fun about this business. It's almost uh, a little bit like a drug, but it's like one day. You know, one day, one audition, and you know things change. Now you're busy. Uh, yeah. So now, I, yeah. you both said that you've got some writing going on. Are you having more fun behind the camera than you are in front? Or no, I'm an actor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing is, I'm not a bad writer. Uh, I, I write in a very natural voice. Um, I'm a little, I'm a little bit raw. So I would, I would obviously like to partner up with somebody who's who's a little bit more refined. But I've got a very natural voice writing, mm-hmm. but. You know, I, I didn't move across the country to to write. I moved across the country to act. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm an actor. One day I'd love to direct and do all that stuff, but no, I'm not I right now. I love telling a story. Okay. What about you, Elliot? Are you having fun behind the camera? Or? Um, 
No, I, I, I'd say I'm, I'm still, I'm still selfish enough to want to. Usually, a lot of the stuff that I'm writing, I, I, even if it's comedy, you know, it's something that I would like to be in. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, there's, you know, you dabble with it, and um, so much too is like, it, that's the first when, when you, when you, when you want to see something kind of come to light and, and be created. One of the first things you can do without any funding and without much organization or trying to coordinate with other people's schedules. The one thing you, you can do that's easy and you don't have an excuse not to is sit down and write. Um, and so like that's kind of how I see it is that it's a, a, at least getting my ideas down on paper. But no, I'm with I'm with Jason that, you know, for sure that I, I definitely want to continue a- acting is, is my main number one priority out here. And that's, you know, what I what I came out here to do. Um, it's what I think I'm happiest doing. And um, so hopefully, you know, that's where my career will take me. But I mean, I'm sure Jason will say the same thing. You just, you can't count anything out. Um, And even, even writing and, uh, you know, trying to produce things with other, with other people and other peers and and talented people that are in the industry out here. It it, it just keeps your feet wet. And I think it makes you, it makes you better for it um, all around. But yeah, no, um, for sure, for sure. Acting is my number one priority. Okay, yeah, I, I can understand that if you're on the set acting. It, it's always good to know. I think, Jason, you said this last time. It's good to know what the lighting person does, and it's good to know what the sound yeah. person does. Yeah. You know, like yeah. your aspect was at least you know if someone's not supposed to be doing something or if they are, you know. Yeah, it's always good to know just, I mean, that's where you work, you know. I mean, it's like you may be an executive in the corner, but it's nice if you know how to work the fax machine. You know, it's nice if you can make a cup of coffee. And so it's kind of good to know where you can stand, where you can't, like, where can I hide my bottle of water? It is just, it, it, the more you know about what people's jobs are, the the easier it is to perform your own job. You know, it's just like, you kind of know what's going on. You put yourself at ease. It's like, why is this guy doing this? It's because I'm not a good actor. No. He's just moving the light over a little bit so he can get the nice blue in your eyes or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's just good to, to educate yourself because there are some people out here, and Elliot's probably run into them too, where it's just like nothing else exists but them. And that's it. It's like not about anyone else but them. And so those aren't really the people you want to work with. You want to work with the people that, that want the best the best product. Well, yeah, especially in a movie because it's a it's a finite product. Like once the movie's done, that's all you're going to do on it. From that mm-hmm. point on, it's in the hands of the editors and and what have you. But yeah. with with a television yeah. show, that carries on. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. even in 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 a in a self, I guess this is putting it very very bluntly, but it is nice. There's so much. There's so much networking out here and, you know, you always hear so much about networking, meeting the right people at the right time has so much to do with it. And it does. I mean, I'm not taking, but, um, putting yourself in the right positions too. Like I hang out with, I don't hang out with too many other actors out here. And to me, that's been really, really motivating and great because so many of my friends out here and the the people that I run with are, are in production and they're on the other side. And, and honestly, like it's, uh, it's great. It's motivating to be around those kind of people because, Honestly, the, those are the, the you know you're hanging out with other actors who are kind of in the same shoes as you. Um, I'm not going to say it's you know crabs in a bucket trying to pull each other down, but you know when you when you talk about collaborating and, and wanting to wanting to help one another and get things from point A to point B, 
it's really, really nice knowing writers and, and producers and people working on the other side, actually making things happen because those are ideally the people that you want to, you want to be close with and can be more, more beneficial to you, honestly, and, and you to them. So no, that makes sense. And it gives you the inside track on if anything is coming down the line. You said you could get the jump on all the other actors. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's, I, I've, I've learned more, you know, being with a lot of people that are on the other side of the industry, um, than, 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 than hanging out. I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, taking acting classes and always staying, staying up on your craft is, is great. But, but on the, on the business side of it, which unfortunately you have to have out here is that, is that business mindset, um, somewhat. And it's been really, you know, nice and, and helpful to, hang out with people in production and people that are, you know, filming stuff and picking you up randomly for, you know, Hey, they're shooting this, you know, you want to do a gorilla shot here. You want to do this. And, and it just keeps you, keeps you working and it keeps you, uh, you know, involved in projects, which is fun. Well, nowadays it's, it's not what you know, it's who you know. So yeah. by having those, those friends on the production side that like Mike said, gets you the inside track and you never know when one of those might be able to get you in the door. Absolutely. And it's, it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's reassuring, I guess, to think that, you know, these people that are younger in the industry and came out here four or five years ago, eventually, you know, if they stick with it, those are going to be people of influence in 10, 15 years down the road. So it's, it's really cool to kind of start, to start ground one with them and kind of, kind of take that journey together. And because, you know, at one point, if they work hard enough, just as an actor works hard enough, they will be in a position of power or a position to, to make calls. And so that's always a little. That's also kind of a light at the end of the t- tunnel. If you if you know people that are truly talented out here and they're doing the right things, you know it could mean shit right now. But you know you know that if they stick with it, that you know there will be something good down the road. Oh yeah, it almost seems like like Hollywood is generational that way. A certain number of years, this group is in charge, and then it goes to the next group for a few years. Uh, I've just noticed in the past five or six years now, uh, the Adam Sandler type group seems to be in control with all the old 80s stuff and all that in movies seems to be coming back right now because of the people in charge yeah and it, it's and it's always uh it's always a, it's it's smaller than it than it leads you to believe you know the the circles and and who people know and what they've worked on it's uh it's actually you know it's a it's a big town with a with a with a small with a small web hmm. yeah. and you look at what are the the, the biggest things in hollywood now the comic book movies that's because comic book fans are now running hollywood so yeah. that's why we're getting that big influx of comic book movies now absolutely yeah and plus it it sells. and they make a shit ton of money <laughs> yeah. well, i mean any any kind there's no risk there's no risk for tentpole movies if it's if it's if it's marvel or dc yeah uh, anything with stan lee's name on it there's listen but but those movies they're a double-edged sword for actors because um, the the day of the movie star, the movie star that sells a movie is 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 in its twilight. Um, the only real big stars to emerge in the past, I'd say, almost ten years, Channing Tatum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, the guy like he's opening some movies, he's got some big movies, he's producing his own stuff, 
Um, don't say, don't say Taylor Kitsch, Jason. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> you do like Taylor Kitsch, but man, he bombed. Oh God, I know you were. Weren't you a big fan of him? Like I know we were shooting you. Were. I still am. I still <laughs> am. But um, he had a Batman. He had John Carter of Mars, and then Battleship. That wasn't. That wasn't good. Hey, wasn't bo- good. both those movies are guilty pleasures of mine. I like the guy, and I like both those movies. They're fun popcorn do. flicks. I do too. Listen, he was great in um in in Lone Survivor. Yes, yes, he was. He was. uh, He did the Oliver Stone movie Savages. He's good, and 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 I've read interviews with him, and he's he loves preparation, man. He works hard, but it's it's as an actor, especially on those big budget movies. What say did he have in Battleship? None. None. Right. No. He knew Peter Berg from Friday Night Lights. Um, None. You know, it's like, and that's what happens. Like. On these movies, you don't really have much say. I mean, really, an actor has very little say in general. Um, but with the superhero movies, it's good because it, it, it keeps movies in business. But, you know, the, the actors don't matter as much because what's selling it? Iron Man, Captain America. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's truth. And I, I think we talked about last time, Robert Downey Jr., his movie, uh, The Judge, opened about a month ago. Didn't do super great. You know, which I was hoping it was going to do really well, um, but it just—he wasn't Iron Man, and therefore it didn't do gangbusters. Exactly. Um, and I hate—I hate seeing that because it's like, man, that's not good for for um for getting those movies made. And honestly, it probably made twenty five percent more than it would have if he hadn't been Iron Man. Oh yeah, probably yeah. Oh, that more movie wouldn't have been yeah. made. Yeah. That movie wouldn't have been made. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just like. It's crazy. I mean, you look at uh, uh, Foxcatcher, which is about to come out. Um, I think Bennett Miller, the guy who directed Moneyball, and uh, it's starting to kind of make the rounds now with Channing Tatum, mm-hmm. Steve Carell, and it's got a lot of Oscar buzz. I mean, it looks incredible. Hopefully, I'll see it the next week. Um, it's going to make if it makes over ten million dollars, I'll be shocked. And it, it's kind of not because it's a bad movie, not because it's successful. It's just not a broad audience. Exactly. And that's just it. It's, it's sad because it is going to have great content. It's just not catching, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the general public the, uh, generally is getting, you know, they demand, they demand less as far, you know, they, they're looking for special effects and, and, and big, big explosions. And, you know, it's not as much about dialogue and story and, yeah, I mean, I think it'll hopefully it'll come back around. I think everything goes through phases, but yeah, as I technology it'll... progresses, it's easier and easier to get away with just making you know special effects movies and not character driven ones. And I will give credit to I, I think these Marvel movies are really good. Guardians of the Galaxy, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Captain America: Winter Soldier, that's just a good movie. Uh, I, I, I yeah, I, I I think Chris Pratt did a it was it was. Yeah, genius! How he he rode the line so well between comedy oh. and drama, and making you know having that that lightness about it that was funny and appealing to a lot of you know audience different age audiences, but at the same time you know still kept the kept the um the the, the story intense. So yeah, he he did a great job. Oh yeah, dance battle, bro. <laughs> so hopefully, like you know you look back at um what was it the 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 lone ranger that came out a year or two ago oh and yes. it was just utter garbage with johnny depp and it was Wait, just what? garbage yeah what was that 
the Lone Ranger. Yeah, I know. I just yeah, no one no one saw <laughs> that. <laughs> and so, but the thing is, like, the audience is also they're getting a little bit smarter. You know, with all the superhero movies, which there's there's a ton coming out in the next few years, which I'm wondering, like, is it too many? But you, if you don't make a good product, oh. they're not going to go. Like, you can't. It's, it's really hard to fool people now. Oh yeah. You know, and that's one good thing about Marvel. They make good stuff. Yeah, yeah. With, with the, the latest Marvel stuff, like you said, Winter Soldier and Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, you can even throw uh, Big Hero Six into that because there is that yeah. comic book uh, element in that in that movie as well. It's and a, there's a Stan Lee cameo. Right. It's a great story with the extra stuff tossed on. It's not special effects driven. It's the story is there. Well, it's it's the standard Disney story though. It, yeah, like that's, you, that's Disney. I mean, Disney when they put their stamp on it, it's they're yeah. they're good at having rich stories. They're oh, great yeah. at that. Yeah, it's like I said, you have your protagonist, and the bad thing happens, and then he goes to the dark side for a little bit, and his friends bring him back, and then they go off and do the heroic stuff, and everybody flies off into the sunset. <laughs> Standard Disney, <laughs> and great. Yeah. Now, now I don't have to see it. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> But I highly suggest that you do. Oh, I want to. Yeah. It I, looks cute. The only thing is, I'm not hearing any sort of annoying song that all the little kids are singing everywhere they go. No, because everybody wants a Baymax. Let it go. Oh, yes. Uh, the Harry. last soundtrack that got a lot of traction was probably with the anime, in the animated realm was probably Frozen, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh. There's a lot of stuff Jeez. from that. Um, my yeah. son is in the, uh, the the choir at his school, and they, they are going to be doing a, a Christmas uh, show going around to the local public schools, and they're singing, Do You Want to Build a Snowman? And he <laughs> hates that song. Yeah. But now he has to sing it repeatedly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Suffering for his art. Yep. <laughs> Big time there. That's right. We I, all got to pay our dues. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell, I'm going to tell him that. You got to pay your dues. <laughs> pay your dues. Now what you have to do is videotape it and then play it back later. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, I really appreciate you guys coming on again, especially Jason. I, I apologize for the no technical worries. snafu. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Oh, no. And it's kind of nice to have both of you on at the same time because, you know. You, yeah, it was fun. You know, the brothers, you got to be on at the same time. <laughs> I, I got right. a, a quick question for Elliot. Um, since you said you're you're really getting into comedy and you write sketch comedy and whatnot, are you connected with any sketch comedy groups in the L.A. area, like Groundlings or anything like that? Um, I've taken some classes at UCB. Um, I hope to get over to Groundlings. I, a lot of my involvement one of my roommates is like very involved in his improv he has he's got two teams that perform bi-weekly at least um at either ucb or or io or um or groundlings and so i i stay either with the guys that are you know uh, you know working with him or just you know going to his shows and, and staying in classes but yeah i've taken at ucb and i like ucb a lot um, but my favorite, my favorite venue to go to is, uh, improv Olympics. I think they, they, cause they, they get a lot of different styles of improv and they get teams that have studied at all the different schools. And it's, it's a great place to go to see shows, man. If you, if I don't know if you guys will get to, to Hollywood and, you know, anytime <sighs> soon, but I would 
strongly suggest going to Io and catching a show. I'm just working on getting to Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I listen to the Nerdist, and they, they do talk a lot about stand-up comedy and a lot of sketch comedy groups and whatnot, and that's where I heard these, and I, I know some of these names. So, And you never know where those are going to lead, especially Groundlings. Oh, no. Groundlings is uh, kind of considered the farm club for SNL. Well, yeah, a lot of you know, a lot of people get uh, streamlined into at, le- at least auditions. They can at least send in tapes if they, if uh, you know, if they've been performing a lot. And um, but it, it's crazy. You'll see a lot of, and this is a, you know, a little bit of a, uh, of a, um, uh, I guess, an unrelated tangent. But the, a lot of the, um, a lot of the actors you see that are very, very involved with improv are familiar faces. You'll probably see in a lot of commercials because that's, I mean, even. I mean, even Jason can tell you a lot of times for commercial auditions, they want you to have improv experience, improv experience. And you see a lot of these and, and they run in a, a, a tight circle, too. It's like once they you know, find these people that are quick on their feet and kind of have more of a charactery look um, and are just really just got that good commercial brand. Um, you'll start you'll go and see shows and be like, man, I've seen this guy in a Snickers commercial. I've seen this guy in an Allstate commercial. And so they um, so you'll see a lot of them that, you know, have a lot of commercial success, not to say that they're not doing stand up in their own projects and a lot of web series and and things like that um, that really help highlight comedy and, and, and to do it with a lower budget. But um, as far as a payday, man, they 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 do really well with yeah. the commercials. So have you guys been in the commercial area at all? I, yeah, I yeah, I've had some I've had some pretty good luck out here with with commercials. Not that that's where where my heart is, but you know, if you get one, then you certainly do take it. Yes, did some a couple of years ago, um, like Delta and 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 Coca Cola and stuff. But I haven't done any in, in, in the past couple of years. But they're they're a different breed, man. Commercials are different. Really? Yeah, it's just like the audition is different. I mean, it's um, it's uh. Like you go in, and um, and a lot of times, like your dialogue would just be written on a on a board, so you can read off of it. Uh, a lot of times, like what you realize is, is they have no idea what they're looking for. <laughs> they have no idea whatsoever. It drives me nuts. I don't I don't do a ton of commercial auditions much now. I, like I did a while ago, but um. It's not something I'm really focused well, there's, on. There's a lot of hands in it. You know, they, they sometimes have the client in the room. They also have the advertising company. They have the they have the person who's shooting it. They have the casting director. And so, like, you have a lot of people that are kind of either butting heads or, heads or collaborating. But, yeah, sometimes, oh, you know, Lord. the end product is something that they that is not the character, the description of someone who they who they called in the room in the first place. But I couldn't imagine just, having, like, eight different people, confused. you know, trying to – have eight different directions and you're trying to figure out which way you're supposed to go. That yeah. would, that would make me yeah. nuts. Yeah. It's It's great. It's great. Oh. Sometimes it's fun. If you get, you know, you get called in first because you get to, you get more time in front of the camera and they're still trying to figure out stuff. And so you get, yeah. you just get more time in there or, or sometimes it's, you know, it's kind of the crap into the, of the, of the deal because if they don't know what they're doing, it's not until like, you know, three-fourths through the day where they're actually kind of have some sort of system when they kind of have talked to the client. They know that they're on the same page and, you know, have a little more set of specific direction for the actors. So, yeah, I mean, like Jason said, man, sometimes it's just like a, a crapshoot. You don't really know what you're walking into, but it certainly helps to to be quick on your feet. I can I can tell you that. Oh, wow. 
Well, I've been I've been prompted. I have to ask this question. <laughs> oh, good lord! Yeah, uh, accept uh, our. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Please accept my apologies beforehand. I have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> uh, Elliot, uh, we I I missed Jason's interview last week because I was at work, but I texted in a question. Uh, because it just seemed like the thing to do at the time. And the okay. question to you is, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? A tree? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, a tree, Elliot. Oh, man. <laughs> would you be? I would, I, would, I would be a weeping willow tree. Oh, oh, weeping willow. Nice. Yeah. Well, not not, not because I'm always sad and depressed. But, <laughs> no, because they're they're such a cool tree. They just they they get a lot of attention, and I think they you know they they're definitely have their own signature look. Um, and there's not too many of them, so you, you know everybody likes to be original. So that was my that was my. I, I lived in Hawaii when I was young for three years, and there was these weird exotic trees that had roots that grew from the from the top rather than from the bottom. Um, and you could actually swing off of. And I, I remember playing on these things, but I, I can't remember the name for the life of me. So oh, I'm going to have to just go with a weeping willow tree. That's kind of close. <laughs> that was way more than Does that I was suffice? Expecting. Oh, yeah. That, that <laughs> suffices. Yeah, you, were, uh, you seem to almost be prepared. <laughs> Jason struggled, but I think your answer was a pine tree because you're kind of prickly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. But, I'm a pine tree. I come from the south. There's tons of pine trees. And I'm a little... Uh, a little prickly. <laughs> but then, like you said, you only know three trees. So, the, <laughs> and in all honesty, yeah. I got thinking about it after we were done the interview. I only know a handful of trees, too. Dude, you camped your entire life. I know. But I know birch, oak, maple, and weeping willow. Other yeah. than, oh, and tulip oh. tree. Yeah, there's a tulip tree around here. Other than that, there's not much more. Yeah, but, okay. Um, <laughs> God, it was an azalea. An azalea? Is there is there an azalea tree? Oh, that sounds familiar. sounds familiar. Yeah. Anyone? I th- yeah. I'm gonna have to look that up. Big flowering. I think those are flowers. <laughs> yeah, I think so. T- I think so too. There's there's a lot of trees in Southeast Virginia that they have like five or six different types of um, foliages. They like one's really pink. They're really annoying actually. They 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 shed all this like pink flowery crap all the time. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I want to be. (laughs) Oh, I like that answer too. Well, awesome guys. Thank you so much for putting up with us. Uh, Thanks for having us. It was fun. And uh, what I'll do is I'll shoot you guys both a link with the email, an email with the link so you can listen to this. Okay. Great. Great. Cool. Thanks again for being on. And we definitely hope to speak to you soon. Thank you, gentlemen. Absolutely. Thank you. For sure. All righty, guys. Take care, guys. You too. Have Later. a great night. Bye. 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 There we go. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> it was like he was prepared for I the know. That question. was a crazy. Like, I think, like you said, he, Jason must have called him to get ready for the damn trick question. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because until they got online, neither of them knew they were both going to be on. Oh. oh. I did not let the other know. Ooh, yes. Some, sandbag them. I was sneaky. Some, they some probably chicanery. they probably hate each other in real life. And <laughs> they just put on a big show. Bastards. We, yes. we got to get Jack back on and go, so what really did happen? Yes. <laughs> Poor bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rough housing? We'll That's do it right. all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Rough housing? They're both young guys, um, and you know. Okay, let's call it the uh, 
My, the, the pervert in me wants to think there's oh, a lady no. involved. I'm hey, turning there, your mic there off. There could have been a lady no, involved. No, no. I'm turning your mic off. Yeah. <laughs> he said, he said, they're going to listen to this, and then they're going to be totally disgusted with that last one right. of yours. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Give us more tweet, tree questions, but get Jason out of the room. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Okay. Um, well, it's kind of a bonus episode. Yes. So, uh I think we said we might have to cut this one a little bit short just because it was a... Sure. It's a bonus. It's a bonus. And this is a bonus because we're on our way to a countdown. Oh, yes, we are. Mm-hmm. We, we've we done the math. Yes. There's been some ciphering and uh, abacuses used. and uh, I had to take my shoes off. <laughs> it, was, it was some crazy, crazy stuff. And we've... Come down to come to the conclusion that our one hundredth episode will land at CKX. Yep. Yeah. This is totally unplanned by people you know us. We we could (laughs) (laughs) we we have a hard enough time organizing the three of us to show up (laughs) in the same building in the same time to talk. Yes. This is just one of those happy little surprises that mm-hmm. shows up every once in a while. So somewhere along the lines, there'll be one more bonus episode. Yes. And that yeah. will make it happen. That bonus or that 100th episode. Oh. This has got to make Jason's pants all crazy because <laughs> it's going to be done in Smodcast style. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we will be having our celebrity guest. We'll be doing a Q and A with him with the with people at CKX. You'll be queuing. You'll be aing. You hope it works that way. Hopefully. <laughs> because if it goes the other way, it's probably not as. What am I looking for? Entertaining. Uh, that's it. <laughs> yes. I beg to differ. What? Turn the whole Q and A thing upside down. You have the guest ask the questions. Just just totally flip it on its head. Okay. So okay. Wait a minute. Now, the whole idea of a Q&A is a person goes up to a microphone, asks a question. Now, does the guest stand on the stage, wait for a person to go up to the microphone, and then the guest asks the, the person yes. standing? Nobody's going to stand up. Oh, come on. I think, I think people and would. Who? Because we're going to turn. Nobody's going to stand we're up. Gonna, it'll be, it, What's it would the guest going to say? It'll be original. All right, Bob, what color shoes do you have on? What's he going to ask? Yeah, he, there, there's... he could ask them, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? <laughs> That's my shit. <laughs> well, not really. It, but. Now, if, the, if the guest wanted to use it, are you going to say no? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll stick with the conventional method. Yes. Yes. We'll let okay, the people ask him the questions. You, you can run your own con and you can have your crazy <laughs> ideas. Jason Expo. Oh, good God. Uh, <laughs> Jason Kong. I think Jason I just saw his head expand a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> good thing the studio is a little bit bigger than that. No uh, doubt. <laughs> we would have suffocated in no the other good, place. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, uh, another another fantastic interview with two young Hollywood uh, up-and-comers. Absolutely. And I, I felt so bad for that first interview because Jason was... It was a blast doing that interview, and I really hope to be able to go in and pull some segments out. Yeah. There is a lot of stuff where all of us are talking, and 
if I bump up his voice, suddenly Jason and I will be screaming. So yeah, it's it's going to be one of those lost in the ether episodes. Yeah, the, but you got we you did get him to to repeat a couple of the key stories that were really fun. Yes, I love that brick thing. <laughs> I'm gonna hit you with a brick. <laughs> that was. <laughs> I want to go back and watch the movie now and just picture all this stuff <laughs> going on, you know. Well, that's good. They, getting getting to know the the actors behind the characters is so refreshing. Oh um, yeah. Especially the the indie guys. They're 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 hungry, they're hustling, they're creating their own things. Mm-hmm. And now said we're getting the opportunity to talk to these guys and get to know them. As themselves, and it's we can. I guess we can kind of plug one coming up. Jesse Rabideau. Yes, we'll be interviewing her soon, and she's actually done her own little short. Yes, found, found. I, I, I think I told you about that yep. one, and got to watch it as well. And it's cool. Like it's, it's very short. I think it's four minutes, if that. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's really nice, and the way she filmed it was cute, almost. Yeah. Well, there I did. Uh, there was, uh, I think. Somebody did an interview uh, with Jesse about found, and she the whole idea she didn't want to do a silent movie, but she didn't know any sound guys, so ended up being a silent movie. Yeah, so it was just a matter of like I think uh, Steve talked about the constraints makes your art exactly. You work with what you got. You work with what you got. Okay, I got a camera. I got no sound. Silent movie. Put a score behind it, bam, away you go. And it fits because nothing needs to be said. No, no. It, it's the, the acting of the characters mm-hmm. that it tells a story. I, I To me, I found it was, it seemed like a, a very personal story. Like it might have been something that she or somebody close to her has experienced. And that's where that story came from. Yeah, I can believe that. So, and watching... Okay, this is something when we talk to Jesse. About. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see my speculation. That's, that, for this is a little teaser. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, so that was all leading up to the fact that now uh, getting behind the, the camera, talking to the people doing yes. the stuff, you yeah. know, it's cool when they can start doing their own things. Yes. You know, and I'm actually excited to, to do this interview coming oh, up. Oh, absolutely. And, like... The way Steve was talking about Jesse is more interested working behind the camera, uh, cr- producing her own stuff, mm-hmm. stealing stuff from us because uh, get in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, at least may- we can hope that the interview would be a video call as well. <laughs> <laughs> One can hope. Well, See, I don't know. Uh, Jason was. Elliot wasn't. But I think Elliot's, uh, when he was up, there was that little red exclamation mark. Yeah. I kind of hovered over it and it says this person needs to update their. Well, um, he was saying he was on a Chromebook and there was all. It doesn't use Skype. Yeah. yeah. So there, technological difficulties will abound. But see, it didn't matter. Like, like obviously it's an audio podcast. So. Right. Yeah. But yeah, like I said it's, it's nice for us when we're talking to the person that we're interviewing to have the, the exchange of. Being able to see each other, yes. So it's just it makes the conversation seem more natural. Yeah, that's true. Okay, instead of a phone call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? Maybe having a video call with Jesse might not be a good idea because that could be very distracting. 
Focus. <laughs> I'll get the squirt bottle. There we go. <laughs> what would you point at me for? You know. I, dude, I haven't licked a screen in a while. <laughs> okay. <laughs> By a while, he means uh, I day know, and like, a half. That's yeah, exactly. What That's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> On that disturbing note, this has been the movie Mattos for another week. This has been Mike, Jason, and Rob. We'll talk to you later. Bye bye. See ya. Oh, man!